Lafondra away from Davis. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Phantom Bruco and Blue Collar. Well, it is not an upbeat recording today and we are live on Twitter and Facebook. Six-point deduction has been confirmed and we're going to be talking about the ramifications, the Mark Bowen open letter, what the EFL have said for the reasons that we've failed. And it's just a little bit depressing, but we thought that we'd put it out there. I'm sure some of you would like us uh, hear us discuss this. And to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Alex. How are you doing? Oh, I'm tired. I'm tired for all of this. I'm really hoping this is the last bit of, of everything to do with the EFL financial rules and and whatnot. But I mean, reading some of it, who knows? Maybe it will, maybe it won't be. Yeah, it is very complicated, as always, with both those uh, groups involved, Reading Football Club and the EFL, but also being joined by Dave. Good morning, good afternoon. Uh, minus the good, I guess. Yeah. What a way to be woken up, hey? Uh, it's finally been <laughs> yeah. confirmed. Yeah, you're in Denver there. So that was a hell of a morning call for you there, Dave. But let's get on to the details. That is a six-point deduction confirmed by the EFL. We have failed the business plan. That now puts us one point above the relegation zone, Alex. Now, can you go into the details and read out the statement from the EFL, like the reasons that we have failed this to everyone's really clear on this? You're muted, Alex. I'm on mute. Yeah, that's a good, good start. So it seems like we failed on one point, which is kind of split into two. So the EFL kind of, introduced it as the club is relying on a related party transaction, which essentially means selling an asset of some kind in its profit and sustainability submission by seeking to include profit from a proposed sale of an investment to an entity controlled by the club's owner. Essentially, like we did a few years ago, selling off the ground to one of the you know owners of other companies. The sale wasn't completed at the time of the club's submissions on March the 1st, 2023, and that is a breach of the original agreed decision which makes clear that Reading needs to be profit and sustainability compliant without relying on player sales or related party transactions conducted after the 1st of March 2023. Um, the clubs agreed that it wouldn't be compliant without that transaction going through and the second point then is the club has not generated profit required from pro- player sales in line with the budget which formed part of the original agreed decision. So essentially, we haven't made enough money. Yeah, basically, uh, which is not great news. There's lots of different reasons why we're going to haven't made the money. I'm sure all the details will slowly come out over the next two years or so, however long it takes. But Dave, it's just bad news after time after time. And it's such a long delay of this actually coming out, wasn't there? Yeah, it, it's one of those where we we not only knew it was coming, uh, but the fact that it kept not getting announced, uh, you, you start thinking, are we going to somehow escape it? Is it worse than we thought? Uh, just the, the uncertainty has added uh, a huge cloud to uh, what has already been a pretty poor uh, run of games, shall we say. So, yeah, not not a great position to be in and, and pretty miserable to be a fan of Reading right now. Yeah. Um, I guess there was also the Mark Bowen letter as well, which we'll come into uh, later. We've had some questions in 
I asked for them on Twitter. So here we go. A lot of people have actually made a similar point to this, like George has made. I think the club knew we weren't likely to meet the business plan. However, what it did was spread the points deduction over two seasons instead of one. Taking a 12-point hit last season was certain relegation. If, and big if, if we survive this year, it could be a masterstroke. Alex, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that we have deliberately taken that spread, the point deduction, and we possibly knew that it was very, very tough for us to make it in one season. So we've split it. So that could be, can I use the word masterstroke in this situation? I, I, I don't know. I'm going to use it anyway. Yeah. So I think reading the the letter that Mark Bowen has kind of put out to fans, he suggests that the business plan was very ambitious, which kind of gives you the, the idea that perhaps we were always going to struggle to actually make it, even with all of the people who left in summer last year it was always going to be very difficult for them to achieve it. Um, so they've kind of agreed that we could take six last season. And then if we fail, which we seemingly, it's, it feels like maybe the club knew that they would struggle to meet it, um, would then get six points taken off in this season as well. I guess that the main issue of it, although it like seems like a bit of a, not masterstroke, but it seems like a, smart-ish decision to take six points across two seasons rather than 12 last year and get relegated is that obviously we've got to the 4th of April and now the points deduction has happened whereas you know the submission happens on 1st of March the club presumably have had some idea for a little bit of time even before the 1st of March that they might not have made it um and we're hearing about it with seven games to go which is very frustrating obviously as as fans the squad can't really you know there's less opportunity for the squad to be able to kind of make back those points um so although it's not a terrible thing that it's been split over two years i think it's it it makes for you know a very kind of difficult um atmosphere amongst the fan base because it feels like we've had another season of a failure almost because we've had another season of the points deduction and it obviously points to the fact that despite the fact there's been some progress, it it kind of is all, it's all kind of tarnished with the same brush as, as Mark Bowen says, it's all going to get tarnished with the same brush because you've, you've ultimately had to take the points deduction anyway. Yes. Yeah, totally. I mean, for me, I've seen there's been lots of negativity about Mark Bowen and understand that people have different opinions on that. Um, but I think myself that he's coming to a, really horrendous place where it was almost impossible to get it right and it, it's been proven that was impossible I think we have to stick with him I don't think any one of the club probably is anything considering uh, removing him in any way I think there's a lot of positive things to come out of the letter but the ramifications of failing the business plan again it's just so hard isn't it as a fan I mean uh, Rob Malloy asks how much trust, faith do you have in the club to get it right under the current ownership, Dave? Where's your mood there? Uh, wow, what a question. Um, faith is a is a tricky thing. Uh, I don't believe in blind faith. Uh, so you have to base it on what you've seen, what you can put your, your trust in that's based on data and, and, and everything else. And frankly uh there's not a lot of faith to be had 
You can just say no, no, that's all right. I can't say no because that's, you know, that just seems like I haven't even thought about it. You know, like I, I, I want to believe that this club has a benevolent owner with huge resources who just needs the right guidance to get it done. Um, but unfortunately, I think, you know, Bowen aside, I, I do still believe that Bowen is not selling us a line with his letter. I, I, I think he believes every word that he's written. And, and I think that he wants to do right by this club. Um, I, I still feel encouraged by the team that he's built and, and the, the quality of the scouting and recruiting folks that we, we now have working for us. But I think we still have folks in key roles, notably our CEO, who I, I'm told exists, but never heard from him, never seen anything he's done. Uh, don't really have any idea of what credentials he has to run a, a football club. Um, until we start seeing improvements in that area, no, I, I don't have much faith. I I would love to say that this is the end of it and, and we've got this six points that was hanging over us. We've taken it now and now it's on to a bright new future. That'd be naive. I, I don't feel that way. Yeah, I think to have complete blind faith that everything's going to be okay would be a little bit um, silly now, wouldn't it? I mean, there's proven back history of the club not delivering on different things. I mean, it as a fan, you really want to believe. Um, you want to hope that there is a pathway, that there's a structure. And I do think with Mark Byrne there is, but we just don't know about the owner until we actually come out of this embargo. And that is one of the points that has come out today from the club is that we will be kind of not under an embargo next summer. Uh, we may still have the EFL saying that they will be giving us some kind of reg restrictions. But if we read into the Mark Bowen open letter, it kind of seems to be structured on the fact that there will be a number, but it won't be as tough as the last couple of years. And also they won't need to go into every single transfer line by line, Alex. That's the feeling I'm getting. Am I right? Or do you think I've yeah, it feels as if they're going to be given like an overall budget and it's up to the club how they meet it um, rather than, you know, you need to be meeting this overall wage number for each player and you need to make sure that, you know, you sell X amount of millions of players. It, it seems to be that the budget they're going to get given is is more along the lines of this is the number that you've you've got to meet and if you meet it, then you've passed. And if you don't, then you haven't. Um, it's like, I think that's kind of where the, where the decision has, has kind of landed. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's some more questions here I'm going to come out with. Now, this one's from the uh, podcast, uh, Reading Between the Lines. We should have listened to that. Uh, good lads on there. With Bowen suggesting that the plan was too ambitious to follow reference players, so we knew failure was likely. I mean, yeah, I think we've all gauged that one. Why was Paul Lintz talking about historic breaches and generally being outraged about the deduction? Um, I pretty much summed that up pretty quickly. He doesn't know what he's talking about with it, does he? I think that's the situation. That's the answer <laughs> I was going to give. I think that's basically it. I mean, I understand if people are frustrated with Paul Lintz, but that's a different topic today, isn't it? I think we want to stick on this. Um, uh Someone here from Alex. Is there something that we as fans can do if the owners decide he's had enough? I know the government are putting things in place to give us more powers as fans, 
but there's serious fear of us being another Burry. Dave, I mean, I'm giving you all the big questions here. Sorry about this, but um, this <laughs> is... also I don't have to come up with the plan. I mean, that's, that's a big <laughs> one. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, there's promising news from the government that there there is a brighter future ahead for fan control of uh, the fate of their football clubs, but unfortunately nothing's in legislation yet. And uh, you, you can... You, you will see more over the coming months of, of exactly what that might look like and, and, and what that might look like for Reading specifically. But I think that the very sad answer uh, to, and the realistic answer to that is what, what can fans do? There's not a lot we can do. Uh, we don't As, have loads of money. Uh, yeah, I'm shaking the bucket outside. This SEL is not going to raise the money to run this football club. Yeah, if you if you think about the the debts uh, that that the club have, um, including loans to owner uh, from the owner, you you can you can look at it one way and say, well, in the eyes of the the governing body, a loan from your owner is better than a loan from an external source and and everything else. But if that owner leaves, then it's just a a traditional debt. Um, so what fans can do to rescue a club that has millions in losses, uh, millions in debt is under restrictions, maybe in a league that's very hard to get out of next year with hands tied. It, it's grim reading when you think about it. Very, very grim. I think now we should have a section on EFL because Fucking hell. What an absolute mess that institution is. Um, as bad as we are, they are as well, Alex. Uh, I can't have any praise for them in this situation at all because it's just been handled so badly, I would say. Uh, the way it's been leaked, the way it's come out, the repeatedly, not just us, with lots of other clubs. We deserve to be in this situation. We've put ourselves in it. I'm, I'm not going to say that we are innocent in any way because we clearly aren't. But, wow, they are bad. Yeah. Um, I mean... We're here, what, in April now, and the, the leak happened almost five weeks ago that Reading were under threat of a points deduction. But how can you, how, how does anybody find out from the EFL that, that quickly that we're under a threat? I think it came out on literally the 1st of March, I want to say, that leak, and the club only submitted their accounts on the 1st of March. So it, it, it's almost as if as soon as it's gone into the EFL that someone's leaked it to, to the press, which just seems ridiculous. Um, I, it just—I don't understand how they can run a an organization like that, particularly. Um, uh, the and then we we talk about other clubs as well, and obviously we don't know we don't know all the details of other clubs because none of us look into other clubs' accounts or, or follow other clubs as much. But you look at some of the some of the clubs in the in the championship currently, and you wonder how how they get how they kind of get away with this not the same situation but how they get away with losing so much money and don't seem to be under quite as much threat as as reading have ended up under um we can look at qpr they lost 25 million pounds this year watford sell play buy players through udinese and then get them loans to themselves so they can just kind of slip under these rules there's a lot of kind of like I mean, the championship itself is just, it's a mess, isn't it? Financially. Um, and Reading is just kind of one case within it, but the EFL don't, they don't help themselves in the way that it, everything kind of just seems to be 
not necessarily inconsistent, but it just doesn't seem like there's there's not a lot of transparency from them as to how how things are run and how things necessarily work with, um, with the with the way that the clubs actually are treated. Yeah, I think one thing that's interesting to me on that yeah, in in the statement from the EFL, um, they did mention that that Reading were the first to be assessed by this new club financial reporting unit. Um, so I do wonder whether in the coming seasons we're actually going to see a, a number of clubs have the same experience we did uh, now, because obviously to us the impact of of this uh, new unit and and the investigation has been the last two seasons, but it's been looking back over many prior uh, and then catching up with us. So potentially this this new unit is looking at other clubs as well. And it might be next season, season after that we start seeing the likes of what Stoke have done, what West Brom are doing right now with their auditors writing off loans, which was quite nice of them. Um, things like that coming through. Uh, and, and maybe we're feeling the pain of being the first ones through the ringer, as it were. And that's not a defense of the EFL because the communication has been horrendous. Yeah, I don't think any of us, I don't think, I mean, I haven't met a Reading fan that wants to defend the EFL. And I'm sure all across the league, there are lots of fans. There was another statement also given out only minutes before the uh, official points deduction came out. And it came out some stats, which uh, our intermediary fees accounted for 0.5 of the total championship spent last season. And fees paid to agents less than a tenth of a total paid in 2020-21. Now, we can all sit there and say, well, this is because we've been restricted so much, Alex. But the numbers are out there, aren't they? I mean, you you gave the answer I was going to give. We've we've been restricted. We weren't allowed to spend on agent fees, so yeah. um, maybe it's not surprising that we've spent so little. Uh, it, it, you imagine that most of that money has gone on on the extensions for um, Tom Hobbs and, and Andy Yeardon last mm. summer. It's a very small amount. I think it's two hundred thousand pounds, roughly. Uh, and the club, the club have tried to kind of put it into context and said that they've spent less on agent fees than Stockport have in League Two. I think it might even be Stockport's first season back in the league this year. I want to say um, they've spent less than half of what Fleetwood did in League One. So yeah, they haven't spent a lot on agent fees. Ultimately, they weren't allowed to anyway. So I'm not sure we can necessarily congratulate them on not spending much because they weren't able to um but it's yeah it just gives it, a context it does highlight how difficult it must have been in summer to come up with a squad which is competitive because you know if you can't spend any money and i mean mark bowen puts it in his letter agents are looking for 10 to 15 percent of a deal when they're when they're getting a player signed to a club and reading have been limited to three percent i mean it's it's uncompetitive, right? As soon as you're trying to compete with any other club, you're basically disregarded straight away by any any agent, any agent out there who's worth his soul is looking to get the best deal. So it's not surprising that the club have struggled in that regard um, to make a squad. I think I think it makes it critical what the terms of the new budget for the for next season 
uh, will be. Uh, the, the sooner we get those details, the better, because, I mean, we now know how difficult it was for them this past season. Uh, it will presumably be quite difficult next season, uh, no embargo, but still, if, if the budget is very restrictive on those type of fees, um, then we're going to be struggling again. And then if the worst does happen and we do get relegated this season, you know, going down to League One, the only thing you have going for you in that first season down is that you've just come down and you're seen as a championship club with championship resources and maybe players want to come to you for that reason. If we've got a very restrictive budget, then we, we kind of lose that. And, and then that league that's already very difficult to get out of, even with all the resources in the world, you you make it even harder. So, yeah, we need those details ASAP. Yeah, totally. Uh, I totally agree. One thing I did take from the open letter from Mark Bohm was, I'm going to read it out now. This is what we're going to be doing going forward, hopefully, with our transfers, which I think is a real fundamental change. Even if it means attracting young, promising players, which other clubs will then have to buy for large sums of money. Of course, fans will be disappointed when you grow a talent and lose a player of high potential to another club. But if you're achieving a good fee, a return on your investment is a clear sign you have a healthy club. The club has gone too long without that subculture in place. And we want a team of players who are coveted by other clubs. Now, this is a return to someone who I didn't really want to bring up today, but that was um, uh, Sir John Medeski's model. And it's used by so many clubs which have been successful around the world. Um, this is the only way it's sustainable for us is to sell our asset at the highest price possible. And this is one of the major reasons where we are, where we are. There's so many players that we could go through that we could have sold and got more money for, but we're not going to get dragged into that, Alex, because that would take us off on another tangent completely. But for me, I found that statement encouraging. I know it's only words and we'll have to see how it works out, but still. Yeah, ultimately, that's part of the reason that the club have found themselves in this mess is they haven't sold any players for the last, whatever it is, five, six years at a profit when they when they could have done. They, you're not going to be able to sell enough players realistically in the championship um, to, to make yourself run at a profit. It's very, very difficult. Um, and you, you you have to wonder whether that's realistic, uh, what, what Bohm wants to do. But you have to at least try to plug the gap somehow so that at least you've got a, an element of your losses covered through, through player sales. Um, because if you're not doing it, then, you know, you find yourself in this situation now where you, you, can't, you can't hold on to any of your players because... Ultimately, none of them will sign a new deal. Um, so, we're, yeah, you, you have to do it in order to be able to keep players going forwards. It's the only way you can do it. And it's the only way to kind of improve what you can see on the field. Yeah, yeah, totally. And um, one thing that has come up a lot in the last few days and weeks since the news about the deduction coming up is protests. Uh, what are your thoughts on these, Dave and Alex? Because... Um, as we did, we were part of organising the protest last year. Blah, blah, blah. That's boring. But what do we think about the possibility of another one coming up this, the end of this season, this Saturday, or in the rest of the year? I mean, you need a target to actually hit at, as in objectives. What are your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, it, you hit the nail on the head there. If, if there's a clear 
set of objectives of what we're trying to achieve as fans with uh, any protest, then absolutely, I would back that fully. Um, fans should not stay silent as their club disintegrates around them, uh, seemingly. And, you know, some flickers of hope from Mark Bowen's statement aside, um, there is still so much to be uh, concerned about. Um, but yet, going and and just chanting you know sack the manager or get rid of die or whatever it may be anything that's going to work and be successful has to have a clear aim that can be measured um if this happens we are in a better position and therefore we have achieved our aim so yeah if we can get to that point then uh, i would absolutely uh, back any any protests uh, of, that, of that nature i think ultimately for me that if you would if there was to be protests let's say this friday ongoing home games for the rest of this season it's very difficult to kind of see what um the goal is necessarily from them uh you know if you, it, Lots of people have spoken about how they want Paul Lintz to be sacked, but ultimately with six, seven games from the end of the season, and is it going to happen? I I, I don't think so, realistically. Um, and that feels like the only protest that is going to bring a short-term change that might keep us in the division, which that's the short-term aim at the minute. The long-term aim of, you know, changing how the club runs and and seeing a different kind of, you know, method of... of of making the club actually move forwards. I mean, Bowen's spoken about it and we've, you know, we've, we are seeing changes slowly, but they're going to take time. Whatever you protest about this Friday, this season, you aren't going to see results until a year, two, three years down the line, potentially. And by that point, it might not matter because we might be in league one. And then it's a completely different ball game again. Um, and we might be talking about a different, a completely different set of protests against, you know, the owner um, and and trying to, you know, trying trying to move him out of the club somehow. But it's, I think it's it's very difficult to understand. I guess what would come out of a protest which happened this season. Unfortunately, as much as I can understand people's anger and, and people's desire to want to, I don't think there's a, a quick enough win out of it which is going to help what we need you know what we need right now yeah no totally um moving the topic on here sort of wrap this up two things here that are really key heart us as fans we're massively losing out here uh we're the ones that have suffered hugely but the players as well i mean they've actually got 46 points they, they've actually done a lot um, they've got us into a relatively safe position without this deduction. So I think all we can do is back the players, whatever you think about the team, as in the management, the club structure. We just want the team to stay in the championship and we just have to try and find a way of coming together. I know there's lots of anti-Paul Ince people out there and I personally would have got rid of him as well. But at the moment, all we have is unity that can help the team push them on as much as we can. But the big question I've got for you, Dave and Alex, is are we going to stay up now after the points deduction? Oh, um, it's, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say, yes. I, I'm gonna say, gonna say yes. we will. 
Uh, I, I do think, yeah, no, yeah, you, you did the nice uh, succinct answer, which is probably welcomed by everybody. Um, the uh, the bit that I don't like is I think it will come down to the other teams um, and not, while it is mathematically in our own hands, I think it will come down to the other teams and I really dislike that. I do still believe that there are three worst teams, even with the points deduction, but I'm not I, feeling safe. <laughs> I think I agree with Dave. It, I think it's really, it's going to be really tight. And it will, I think it's going to be tighter than last year. We aren't, we aren't staying up with a game, two games to spare this time. It's coming down to the last game, realistically. And as much as no one wants it, everybody can see it coming. There's going to be a horrible shootout between us and Neil Warnock and the loser might go down. Um, I, I do agree with Dave. I do think there's three worst teams in, in the league, even after the, um, even after the points deduction. And I mean, even after the points deduction, we're still only, we're only two points behind a pretty terribly um, out of form QPR side. We're only one point behind Rotherham. You know, by Friday, we could be sitting in 18th place again and there could be, you know, four teams or is it four? Three, three teams between us and the relegation zone. It's not, you know, as, as bad as it's been the last, what, two months or so, it's not over. We're not relegated on the back of this. Um, and, you know, we, people have got to, I guess, find, find the energy to go again and support the team for the last seven games and, and back them and, and hope that they can do it. Yeah, my feeling is that this season might be the one that catches us out. I think they just, ultimately, it's just too many years. You're going to get caught out eventually. And I'm kind of 60-40 thinking now that we're going to go down. But let's hope I'm completely wrong and you are right, Alex. And let's hope we do stay up. So thanks a lot for joining us. If you have, oh, I don't really want to say enjoyed. If you want to give us a five-star yeah, yeah, I'm not quite sure of the right word. If you want to give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, that will be great because this will be coming out as a podcast very soon. So cheers and thanks a lot. And just up the fucking ding. Why not? <laughs>